The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth. But no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. A wise man, I'm not referencing myself, at least not yet, a wise man once said that there is nothing new under the sun. Okay, nothing new under the sun. That's Solomon in my classes. I would often rephrase that and just say new news is old news happening to new people. Mm -hmm. So the essence of just about everything that we see today in 2023, the essence is the same as it was in, well, I don't know, 23 A.D. or 2000 B.C. The essence is the same. And one of the things that uh, I've experienced a little bit myself, like on YouTube, where I've been permanently banned, is the cancel culture. Cancel culture meaning a significant number of people, or at least people that control a platform, uh, don't like what you say, and so they attempt to cancel you. This you, Now, cancel culture works both ways, by the way. Just asked, ask all the stockholders, all the shareholders at Target. Or ask all the people that work for Anheuser-Busch, especially in the Bud Light division. That's kind of like cancel culture. Uh, That's when you like it, when we apply it to somebody that you dislike or a corporation that you dislike. But it happens to individuals, and that's why, like with a lot of my students, and this is Theology Thursday, all right? So stick with me. We're going to get to it. Uh, With a lot of my students, things that we'll say in class, I'll ask them. now, Now, I'll make some biblical point, whether we're talking about U.S. history or civics or ethics, whatever. And I'll say, now, how many of you would be willing to post that on your social media tonight? And you see all these teenagers start shaking their head like, no way. No, thank you. I don't want everything that's going to come along with that. So cancel culture, uh, something we're all used to now, but it is not new. Just ask, well, pretty much any prophet of God, whether we're talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament, ask the apostles, the disciples, ask Jesus himself. Uh, They uh, thought they had canceled him. Of course, they were all wrong. So today we're going to dive back into the book of James with our good friend, Dr. Sam Horn, back from BJU Seminary and uh, not wearing a suit, dressed like he's going to a luau. Sam, it's great to see you. Welcome back. How you doing? Hey, I just thought I'd wear this shirt in honor of you, <laughs> right? Because it's a bright, it's bright colors and yes. you're a bright guy. So there you go. Yeah, bright Stop guy. Bright. Not, not so much bright colors. My skin gets bright, but that's just because yeah. me and the sun don't get along. So anyway, this is uh, what we'll, we'll, kind of we're going to go down the road a little bit here, speaking yeah. the truth in love. Uh, it's, it's a great outline. You, you preached on this uh, at the church where you're working right now. And uh, God's friends, the prophet speaking plainly. Now, listen, this is, has to be all of us. OK, whether we're talking about social media or your spouse or your kids or your in-laws or your boss or your employees or your neighbor or somebody at the grocery store speaking plainly, graciously and boldly for God regardless of the cost. And so here we are in the book of James, Sam, welcome back. What a great topic. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I taught this at our church, the book of James is just an amazing thing. You've taught it and we've been going through it on theology Thursdays. And, and the heart of the book is simply, you know, a wholehearted single focus, fully trusting faith 
invested in a hard place and dark space, looking to bring a harvest of righteousness, right? And that's where we were at in chapter five. And James brings these five friends alongside us to say, now this is what it's going to look like. And this is what it's going to feel like. Abraham in chapter two talks about what radical obedience looks like, no matter what God asks you to do, right? Rahab shows you what radical loyalty looks like, even when it means walking away from your family, your village, your city, your people to join God and his people. And so we come to chapter five, and now you meet these group of people who are called to speak plainly and boldly and graciously for God. All three things. You said it really well at the beginning, all three things. And most of us are willing to do one of those things hmm. or maybe two of those things. Yeah, yeah. But to actually do all three of them, especially when we have flack coming back, and you look at all these Old Testament prophets and the people of God and the nations around them all canceled them out. Yeah. So you talk about cancel culture not being new. You're exactly right. So what I thought we'd do today is maybe talk a little bit about who these people were and what they experienced when they served God in this way. How did they respond yeah. when they experienced this? And then finally, how did God respond to them for being faithful? So that's kind of a, just a real quick roadmap of where we're headed today. Yeah, and, and just to set this up before we hit the first break, Sam, uh, most, of, most of this audience, most of the people that are a part of this show uh, generally don't have a problem speaking plainly. Correct. Most of them probably, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, probably a majority, don't have a problem being bold. I think most of us have a problem being gracious and, and and we struggle with this with our own family because I know this might be a shock. Uh, not only me, but Gina, to a certain extent, my bride and our four kids, especially are all pretty outspoken people. Uh, they're not afraid to speak plainly. <laughs> they're, they're not afraid to speak boldly, but oftentimes grace, especially uh, from the patriarch of the family, that being me. Uh, is missing. So I, I want to make sure we, and I know we will, we'll work through this, that we understand that if we're going to speak in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, even when it's in the midst of a week, when you have a the second Trump indictment and you're torqued off about politics and the, and the pride flag that was displayed at the White House on Saturday and all these things that upset us, Sam, uh, which are un are understandable, but our ultimate allegiance isn't to the American flag or the American experiment. It's to the Lord. And that's where this is going to be, I think, a really important yeah. lesson for all of us that that we're talking about speaking plainly, boldly, as well as graciously and being able to set aside the cost. Yeah. And that's what these prophets were called to do. They had to speak truth to power. Right. Then they had to speak truth to God's people. And then they had to speak truth to the religious leaders of the day around them. And and what they were called to say to the to you know to those three groups, the power, speaking truth to power, speaking truth to people, speaking truth to um the prophets and the priests, uh, was unbearably uncomfortable. I mean, it, in in Jeremiah's case, he was viewed as a traitor. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so uh that's yeah. exactly who we're talking about when we talk. And, and when you were talking about we don't have trouble speaking plainly and we don't have trouble speaking boldly, a lot of that has to do with what we think we're called to speak right. who, who and we're thinking, right. who we think we're called to speak And therein to. lies the rub. We're talking to Dr. Sam Horn from BJU Seminary. 
An important message for all of us, probably especially for me. We'll be right back. Hey, who wants to meet me outside after the show so I can give you a piece of my mind? <clears throat> uh, which I'm in the mood to do that today, by the way, to uh, <laughs> a whole oh. list of people. Oh, my word. Starting in D.C. and then working its way down to something perhaps a little more local. But uh, that's one of the challenges that we have. I think all of us have. And I'm here with uh, our good friend, Dr. Sam Horn, today. BJU Seminary, again, Theology Thursday, God's Friends, the Prophets. We're looking, and as we've worked our way through the book of James, we're now in James Chapter 5, specifically verse 10, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And how did that go for you? Uh, not always very well. And so the subtitle here is speaking plainly, graciously, and boldly for God, regardless of the cost. And Sam, again, thanks for being here. And, and I was just texting uh, our oldest son, talking about the irony of this message today, which is between me and the Lord. And a few other people, but the uh, I'm glad you mentioned this on the break for our friends on Facebook and Rumble. They they heard you say this. You and I are opposite sides of the same coin. Uh, I I have no problem speaking plainly. I think you're a plain spoken person too. I do struggle to be gracious. I don't struggle to be bold, and 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 that's a very dangerous combination. But for you, when you look at this. So I struggle to be bold. Right. You study to get it out. I'm like, hey, Steve, shut up. And and then it's like, hey, Sam, speak up. Yeah. And so in, in those two messages to, you know, the James addresses both sides of that, mm. as we were talking at the break. And when you speak truth to power, we talked about speaking truth to power, speaking truth to prophets and priests, and then speaking truth to people. Jeremiah and Isaiah had to do all three of those. Yeah. And you don't speak the same way to all three audiences. Number one, right. you speak the same message. Mm -hmm. You don't change your message, but you adopt different strategies and they don't always turn out the way you think they should in your lifetime. Ugh. We were talking about Jeremiah, <laughs> you know, here's, here's a guy who, who spoke truth to power and they hated it. He spoke truth to people and they tried to assassinate him. He stroke, spoke truth to the prophets and the priests and they mocked him and they kidnapped him and dragged him off to Egypt. Yep. And, and Jeremiah's whole message was, you need to go to Babylon. The only people God's going to let live through this are the people that go to Babylon. And he's going to bless him there and he's going to bring him back. And then he gets ripped off to Egypt and he dies in Egypt. Right. So from his standpoint, if you're just looking at it through Jeremiah's eyes, it's like, what in the world just happened to me? Right. And sometimes we can feel that way when we speak truth plainly, boldly, and graciously. Absolutely. And, and my point was that when, you know, people like you have been warning believers across the country, you, you brought up the pride flag yeah. at the White House. I mean, that would be unthinkable in the past. But here it is right in our backyard, and there's more coming. Mm -hmm. And some of you all have stood boldly and graciously and firmly saying, you people need to wake up. You people need to be aware of what's happening. And and it can be a very thankless and, and very difficult thing. You mentioned your your canceled out YouTube. Well, how many people have been canceled out of other places? Right. But you keep doing it because you're in that hard space, dark place with wholehearted faith going, God's called me to this. Yeah, and I and, and for me, that's not such a big deal. The bigger deal is when it's interpersonal. 
with people that yeah. are literally in your life, especially with family. And so that's and, and then I mentioned this on the break, Sam, there you sit there and go, OK, uh, the things that I want to say are right. That needs to be said. But 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 timing is always a big deal. And, and especially if you if you're all loaded up and ready to go, that that actually might be the worst time. For you, for you yeah, no, I, and I can see that. So what, what I said at the very beginning when we were talking about how this would unfold is we wanted to look, first of all, who were these yeah, prophets? who are these prophets? And, and really, you could say it this way. They were humble, mm -hmm. committed servants that had been given a message by the Lord. And that message was to speak truth to everybody, to power, to people, to prophets. But they were humble, committed servants. And if you're not humble— this isn't going to fly. You know, if you're not gracious, this is where that gracious piece comes. Yeah. If, if you like, cause what the humble thing, I would say, if you feel like, like I have a right to say that I'm in the right, uh, and, and they need to be corrected to me. That's all that's that, that sounds like prideful language. Correct. Now I'm Correct. on a soapbox. I elevate myself and now I'm going to speak, be speaking down to people. Whereas I, with the prophets that we're talking about here from, James chapter five, uh, you know, I would say there's a reluctance there. <laughs> oh, definitely. And they, and they talk to God about it. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so Micah six, eight, uh, we're to do justly. We're to love mercy and we're to walk humbly. Right. So think about Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, think about these prophets. First and foremost, they were humble men who had been given a difficult mission yeah. with a hard message. But they did justly. They lived just lives, right? They lived righteously before God and before men, and they loved mercy. These men wept over the people they were talking to. That's so important. They pled for, you know, they pled with them, and then they went to God and pled for them. And I think that's the piece for me that's missing. You know, I don't mind uh, somebody coming into my life and saying, you have issue X, Y, or Z. If I know that person loves me, and I know that person's mm -hmm. praying for me. And, you know, how transformative would it be if we had a difficult message to say to the culture, if the culture really knew we loved them? Right. If, we're, if we, somebody asked me this about my dad. Uh, like, I think they asked me, Sam, in terms of like, what's the, what's the number one thing you think your dad did for you that's, that's really helped you in your life? And, and my answer is, I always knew he was for me. Yeah, correct. Even when now he was the my political opposite, but he listened to the radio show all the time. Which can you imagine that? That would be like me having to listen to Joe Biden all day long. Or wow, uh, or I Rachel don't think Maddow, I realize that. Yeah, or, wow. Or MSNBC. And my dad was so for me. He had so much respect for the courage of my convictions, and I was doing what I felt the Lord had called me to do. Even though he disagreed on the political side, he was still for me. And that's where when you go into these things and you get to speak a hard truth, are you doing it because you're for that person or are you really doing it because you're against them? And I think and a lot I, of times I think that's really key because what what sometimes we'll hear people say, and I agree with this, by the way, that it's not loving to not tell people the truth. Right. Exactly. So one of the most loving things you can do is to tell somebody the truth. But if you haven't loved that person well, yep. or you aren't loving that person when you do that loving thing to tell them the truth, it actually rings very hollow. Yeah. And I think that's that's been a big piece that's been missing 
in all of this. And, you know, there's all kinds of places where it shows up. Um, in, in my town, there is a whole bunch of Methodist churches that have just disaffiliated from their uh, from their denomination mm -hmm. over the LGBTQ agenda that's come into that um, into that denomination. And I would say kudos to them for doing that. I think that was the right thing to do. Yeah. And some of them actually did it in a very loving way in how they talked, even in the midst of that difficult decision, yeah. made a right decision and they communicated well. And, and in that, they were a model to me. I, I, I don't necessarily see eye to eye yeah, with yeah. everything they believe, but man, I thought about that. That's that right point. there yep. is how I need to do it. Yeah, it reminds me of the Tim Keller thing, which I quote often, if you're all truth and no grace, you're a bully. If you're all grace and no truth, you're a coward. Yeah, John right. chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus full of both grace and truth. Are you, am I? We'll be right back. Right. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. We're talking to Dr. Sam Horn today, continuing our uh, long-running conversation in the book of James, which has been awesome. Thank you so much for your leadership there, Sam, today talking about uh, these prophets that we find in James 5. Why are we talking about them? Because with that uh, comes the, the really the call in our lives to speak plainly, graciously, and boldly for God, regardless of the cost and whether that's uh, speaking a hard truth to somebody you know or in a situation maybe at work, whatever the case may be, uh, inside your own family, that can be very difficult. Some people, like if you're more like me, uh, you're going to dive in a little too quickly and you're going to lack grace. If you're somebody like Sam, uh, you might hold back longer than you should. Yeah. And so we're we're kind of working our way through this. But when we look at these prophets uh, that are referenced in James chapter 5, uh, when they stood up, and spoke boldly and plainly and graciously. Uh, what was their experience like? Because this is what I think we, Sam, I think we try to determine our next course of action based on what we expect the outcome to be. Yeah, that's which right. Is, which is kind of usually fear-driven or it, that's just problematic. But But what did they experience? Because we have to understand that if it can happen to them, it can happen to us. Yeah, and like we were talking at the break, um, the, these prophets— uh, James is using them to motivate his own flock who are in all the little kingdoms of the world and, and really using it to motivate us because here we are in this massive country with all the all the kingdoms, all the nations coming here. So we're in a very similar scenario. And these prophets spoke graciously, plainly, and boldly, and they experienced a great deal of suffering. You know, for example, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11 says others experience mockings and scourgings and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. And so all of these things happened to these prophets. Yeah. But I think the interesting word that uh, that James uses is the word suffering, and it's not the normal word for suffering. It's not the word that you would use for, you know what, I, 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 I had a disease and I've had it for 10 years and I've suffered with it. This word has an internal meaning. This is what happens in your soul mm -hmm. when you have been betrayed by everybody, or at least you feel like you've been betrayed yeah, yeah. by everybody. And that's, I think, how Jeremiah felt. When I, you know, I've been reading through the book of Jeremiah uh, after preaching through this passage, and I've been stunned at the emotional picture that Jeremiah is transparent about. 
I mean, that yeah. book gives you like this insight to his soul. His yeah. own family plotted to kill him. His town threw him out. Uh, he, all, all of the people mocked him. He was kidnapped, taken off to Egypt after telling everybody, don't go to Egypt. If you go to Egypt, you're going to die. Go to Babylon as God is giving yeah. you over to them. Trust God. He's going to res- He's going to return you. The people that go to Babylon are the ones that are going to get blessed. If you go to Egypt, you're going to die. And they're going, we're not going to Babylon. And by the way, you're coming with us. And off he goes, and he dies there. Yeah, it didn't resolve. He didn't get the pot of gets resolved. Right. And, and there is this immense pain behind that word suffering, this emotional trauma that goes on in his heart, where he's actually speaks to the Lord about it. He says, my people have betrayed me. The, 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 my family's betrayed. Well, you mentioned in, in this overview, Sam, that you sent me, uh, lamentations. Yeah. Which you is, know, which is brutal. You know, I've become the laughing stock of all people, the object of their taunts, lamentations, three fourteen. I've been hunted like a bird of prey without cause. They flung me alive into a pit. They cast stones on me. Lamentations three fifty two and 54. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. My endurance has perished. My hope from the Lord is gone. That's Lamentations 3, 17 through 18. Who talks like this? (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm a pastor, right? And I'm like, well, trust the Lord, you know, praise God. (laughs) Jeremiah is a prophet and he's he's going, I'm all out. I, I don't have anything left. My soul is in anguish. And that happens a lot to people, right? It's like we go here, and this was the way it was going to be, and this is what we read about in the missionary biographies, and this is what our pastor said was going to happen if we just honor the Lord, and we go there, and 20 years later, it didn't happen. Yeah, nothing. Or wherever. You you know, you take a church, or you go do a show like what you're doing, and there's there's just betrayal on every hand. And you see that, you know, and you see that in the family dynamic. A lot of us, I'm sure, can relate to that. And you have to deal with something uh, that's out of whack from God's perspective. And there's and there's going to be consequences there. And those consequences uh, sometimes don't resolve in a day. They don't resolve in a week. They don't resolve in a year. They might not resolve for decades. And and that's right. And most people, yourself included, myself included, as parents, can relate to that and that deep agonizing lamentation is real. So how did these guys respond? Well, so Hebrews 11 is very interesting, right? Hebrews 11:35, they endured graciously. Mm-hmm. And and this is the text. <clears throat> Some were tortured, refusing to accept release. Wow. In other words, you know, there were some people who who God rescued and gave back their dead by resurrection. And then there were other people that God didn't do that with. And instead of just walking away from God, you know, it's like Jeremiah got ripped away from the place where he was ministering. Yeah. And he, he, he got totally removed from his ministry, but he refused to walk away from God. He, he refused to accept release and he remained graciously humble in the ministry that God had called him to do. And he suffered willingly. Mm. And that's why God looked at them and he said, now the world is not worthy of these people. You know, think about how many pastors or how many faithful moms and dads or how many faithful believers in the workplace or how many missionaries 
have just endured and endured and endured and endured. And then they get ripped out of their context and they get thrown somewhere else. Yeah. They never thought they would be. And they feel like complete failures. And God says, I want everybody to know the world's not worthy of these people. Isn't that amazing? These are my people. Yeah. These are people that have endured beyond anything you would ever imagine. And Steve, I count you as one of those people. I'm, I, You know, you're a friend, but I, you're, you're in that kind of a role. And there are others like you who, man, you've been on the front lines for how long now? Uh, it'll be 20 years next year. Okay. And how many shots have you taken? Uh, more and than how, 20. <laughs> yeah. I'm, how much opposition has come? And I'm sure there have been nights where you've gone home and you've talked to your wife and you've said, I need to go do something else. Walmart greeting seems like a really good career move. Yeah, right and, and listen, my family got dragged into all this too because of me and 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 the spiritual attacks on my family then and now are real, and and so other people pay a price as well. I don't. That's oh, like and, and that months. and that's even harder on you, oh, right? As sure. a, as a dad. Well, and that's true for every one of your listeners when when they that's right. raise the prophetic voice that God has called them to raise to speak truth to power, to speak truth to religious power, to speak truth to their neighbor, to speak truth to their family, mm -hmm. because they love those people, mm -hmm. they're going to have this internal anguish. And how do you handle it? Yep. This is why James says, consider the prophets, take note of the prophets. In other words, it's like James says, sit up and pay really close attention and figure <laughs> yeah, out yeah. what these prophets did when you see what they experienced. Which is beautiful. You were in Hebrews 11. Let me just jump to this other part. They waited confidently. Hebrews 11, 39 to 40. And all these, though, commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. So it's off in the future. So right. Since God had provided, listen, something better for us, that apart from us, they should be they should not be made perfect. God has provided something better for us on down the road. And uh, ultimately, that's the other side of, of life. That's heaven. And, and that's yeah. why you, know, you wait confidently. You suffer willingly, but you wait confidently knowing that in the end, it will make sense. And in the end, God will deliver us yeah. all of his promises. And here's something that stunned me, Steve, when I studied this out. <clears throat> you know, Jeremiah prayed to God and, and Ezekiel prayed to God and Dan, all those people prayed to God. And I'm sure there were days where they're like, Lord, could you just not come? Why don't you just come? Right. And you can end all of this in this kingdom and all the things that you've talked about. Yeah. And God said, no, I'm not coming. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring all of this about because one day there's a Sam Horn that needs to be saved. Mm. There's a Steve Noble that needs to be saved. Can you imagine if God had, come in the day of Jeremiah, yep. we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been included. Right. That's right. And, and, and so when I get to heaven, one of the things I'm hoping I'll have an opportunity to do is thank Jeremiah mm. for enduring Yes, because he was willing to endure over in Egypt and perish so that God could wait and God could delay long enough yep. for me to be born, for me to grow up, for my heart to be convicted of my sin and be saved. Thousands of years right. later, we're standing on his shoulders. We're standing on their maybe shoulders. And think later. about all those people who maybe after your lifetime, Steve, are going to respond to this message and their grandkids are going to get saved because it's something their mom and dad heard on one of your shows. Or maybe there's one of your listeners and they're going to say, you know, I'm in a hard spot, but maybe because of this broadcast, yeah. I'm going to stay there. They heard something today or yesterday or next yeah. week, God willing. 
and God will bring fruit out of that. How did God respond? We've been talking about the prophets, but what was God's response to these faithful servants? What can we expect when we go down the same road? This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show Theology Thursday with my good friend, Dr. Sam Horn from BJU Seminary today, walking through, working our way through uh, this whole call in our lives to uh, speak plainly, graciously and boldly for God, regardless of the cost. That could be, you know, kind of a prophet's uh, role and a prophet's lament on the other side of it. But that that could be uh, more like like what I do. Uh, with, like a platform or in a classroom or whatever, or Sam in the pulpit or Sam in a classroom. It could be uh, a situation you're in with a, a neighbor or at work with your boss, with a subordinate. It could be with a friend. It could be with somebody at your church, somebody in your small group. It could be uh, somebody that you just encounter out there in the world. It could be with your spouse. It could be with your own parent or parents. It could be with your children. Uh, God help you if it's with your in-law, but there's, there's all kinds of things there that, uh, where there, there comes a time and a place. And that's very important. There comes a time and a place. Uh, and usually not a great idea if you're all emotional and you're into it. That's why you've got to get the first Corinthians chapter 13 test. And if you're not, if your motivation isn't love, love for the Lord and love for that person, then shut up. Don't say Mm -hmm. anything. Just wait until you can be calm and you've laid that before the Lord and you need to be like David and search my heart, Lord, because there's a good chance what I'm doing here or what I'm about to say, I'm saying it out of spite, out of anger. I'm going to put them in their place, blah, 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 blah. Now you're judge, jury, and executioner, and we're not called to be any of those things. So this this can be very, very difficult. I think we all know that. And so we've been looking at the prophets, which were mentioned in James chapter five uh, and how they responded, Sam, they endured graciously. They suffered willingly. They waited confidently. And sometimes you don't get a resolution in this life. You're going to have to wait till the next one. And then the last one, we haven't talked about God's response to them and to us as we go through these things. And I think this is a a great way to finish up our conversation today. You know, I have one of the, and I'm sure you do too, Steve. And I think most of our listeners would hopefully be able to say this, um, God, God paired me with a wonderful wife. And when I do this kind of thing, you know, like I'm a failure, da, 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 da. She starts in on me, like stop the dump dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's what it really is. It, it is dump talk in the sense that it's emotionally where right. you're at, you know, it's, it's honest talk. It's transparent talk. Jeremiah did a lot of dump talk in the book to God and, and God listened and then yep. God gently and sometimes not so gently said, you know, okay, let's adjust this. But at the end of the day, what you have in the book of Hebrews is God wants you to know how he feels about these servants. Yeah. They've already told you how they feel. Jeremiah's like, I'm a failure. I, uh, you know, people are mocking me. My own family's betrayed me. Um, my friends are, have abandoned me. I've been kidnapped over here, and God's left me to die in, in Egypt. And, and so when you, when you listen to how they're seeing things, they're seeing it, even the, even the prophet himself is right. seeing it very different than God. Mm-hmm. And God says, I want you to know, I want the rest of the world to know how I see Jeremiah and Isaiah and Steve Noble and hopefully Sam Horn and whoever else 
I want you to know. And here's what God did. He did three things. Number one, he comforted them with his mercy. Lamentations is written out of the most agonizing pain in Jeremiah's life. The whole book is a national lament yeah. of what has happened to the city he loved, to the people he loved, to the kingdom he loved, to the kings that he served. And, and so he says, I have no hope. And then in Lamentations chapter three, right in the middle of this incredible lament, he said this, I call this to mind. And because of this, I have hope. Mm. And then here's what he here's what he calls to mind. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. In other words, he talks to his soul and he says, soul, remember hmm. the steadfast love of the Lord. Yes. Soul, remember the, the, the mercies of God are new and they yeah. never run out. And remember that the Lord is our portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. The idea here is I'm going to put my confident expectation in the Lord. Yep. I'm, I'm done putting it in the kingdom. I'm done putting it in the king. I'm done putting it in the temple. I'm done putting it in the land of promise. I'm going to put it in the Lord. Yeah, and I'm done so, putting it in the expectation I have for the next correct. 24, 72 hours or six weeks. So he comforts them yeah, with so his good. mercy, and we need that. And then he commends them with his own approval. And you can see this in Hebrews 11:2. 2. Uh, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it, the people of old received their commendation. And Hebrews eleven thirty nine. all these, and we're talking about these prophets now, through uh, all these, though, commended through their faith. In other words, what commended them was their refusal to not believe God. No matter how bad it got, no matter how broken it was, no matter how painful internally it was to them, they refused to stop believing and, and that's really the key, isn't it? Because at some point when you're sidelined, or at least you feel like you're sidelined, and you had a wheels up landing for the ninth time, and you can't get the wheels back on, and you're too tired to even try to push the car over, and right. you're just done, yep. it's, it's easy to stop believing. Mm -hmm. And these people continue to believe. And the whole time, God is saying, I'm commending these people. And then finally, he sustained them through their faith in his word. Uh, all of these were commended through their faith. In other words, what's going to keep me in that dark space and in that hard place? It's not success, yep. right? It's not failure. It's not uh, the approval of others. It's like, oh, dude, you're doing a great job in the hard space there. I love it when people do that. That's so encouraging. And I want to do more of that to people, but that's not what's going to keep the guy in the hard space. That's right. That's right. right. What's going to keep the guy in the hard space is the strength that God puts in their heart through his word. Yeah, which is why at the end of this document, and by the way, this is an outstanding uh, just word doc that Sam used, obviously, when he gave this message at church, and it's been guiding our conversation today. If you want a copy of this, I've done this with several things recently, just send me an email, okay, and I'll send you a copy of this so you can have it for yourself and work through it yourself, which I would strongly recommend to you that you do. Uh, so just email me, steve at thestevenobleshow.com. You can always do that, steve at thestevenobleshow.com, and I'll send this to you. I love how you finish this, Sam. Oh, it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the book of Isaiah. 
when you're talking about walking through the fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me read it to you. Um, I have called you to the kind of suffering that my choice servants in the past have suffered on my account. And just like they were willing to endure because they knew I had a plan to offer salvation to others thousands of years later, I'm asking you to do the same thing. I'm asking you to endure a little temporary suffering so that I can continue to offer that same salvation. And when you walk through the fire, I will be with you. I will strengthen you. I will sustain you. And if in the providence of God, your suffering overwhelms you, I will bring you to myself. And when you come into my presence there, I will wipe every tear away and I will heal all that was broken. I will restore all that was lost. I will vindicate all that was said about you. And I will not be ashamed to call you my own. Mm. And my father himself will glorify you and reward you with glory and honor and eternal treasure that will never fade or be lost. So hang on a little harder. Wait on a little, wait a little longer and endure a little more suffering for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. And know this, that for you, there is being prepared an eternal weight of glory that will far surpass this momentary passing away affliction that you are presently experiencing for my sake. Which is a great grab bag of scripture in those three oh, paragraphs. Yeah. Because you didn't make that up. I mean, all of that is from the scripture. Yeah, Second Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, right? Isaiah, as you talked about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um, so powerful. And, and, and then, like, like seriously, email me so I can send this to you. Because that might be three paragraphs that you need to read to yourself and preach to yourself several times a day. Yeah. Just to go back to yeah. the Lord, to get our head out of our problem, our head out of our own mistakes, our head out of our, our near-term expectations because we're Americans, and get refocused on the Lord, who's the ultimate solution for all of it. Well, and Steve, let me just say this as we kind of wrap up. Uh, first of all, thank you for your being willing to do this for all of these years. And then I just want to say a word to your listeners, people like me get to live in the freedoms that we have spiritually because of your listeners. Mm -hmm. So to all of you listening to the Steve Noble show, thank you for your willingness to speak truth graciously and plainly and boldly. Thank you for the price that you've had to pay, mm -hmm. which some of us may not even know. I mean, some of you who are listening may have paid an incredible price uh, to be faithful to the Lord. And nobody on this planet may know, mm -hmm. and nobody may ever say thank you. And I just want you to know, as the Lord prompts my heart today, that he's saying thank you to you. And and rest in that, receive that gratitude from the Lord. And there's more coming. There's way more coming. <laughs> way more coming. Immeasurably more coming. That's that good measure pressed down. That's uh, right. Which overflows over the top. Your cup will be more than full once you get home. Amen. And uh, we look forward to that. Sam, as always, thank you for blessing all of us, especially thank you for blessing me today. Thanks for your leadership on this. Always so awesome to have you here. So thanks Always good that. to be here. We will uh, we'll be back. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. And like my dad always used to say, I hear him say it over and over and over again. But what my dad always used to say was simply, ever forward.
another program powered by the Truth Network. 